So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that's really looking forward to this latest episode. Guys? Sorry, we've, we've just gone to get drinks. You carry on. I don't get it. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that needs to leave a pint of beer at the end for scrutineering. Not going to fucking happen. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that will take off our t-shirts for the theme tune. I, my t-shirt is staying on. Mine's been off since before we started. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast, somehow hosted by Alonso, even though it isn't. Uh, I'm wearing a Kamoa hat. I'm Dika Ayers, and if you don't get out of my way, well, you'll know what will happen. Smashy, smashy. Today, from our various computers in different parts of Europe, we are going to talk about the Hungarian Grand Prix, where far too much happened and we may not get all of it into an hour. From Bottas doing everything he can do to lose his Mercedes drive to Fernando Alonso winning the race, albeit not for himself, we will look back at the Hungaroring hilarity in forensic detail and completely fail to take any lessons from it. That is all to come. Joining me is a freelance motoring journalist who has basically forgotten about F1. It is Phil Tromans. So the race was on Sunday. It's now, as we record this, Wednesday. The trouble is, Olympics. I've watched so much sport in the last few days, uh, I've completely forgotten about F1. So you'll have to forgive me if various minority sports suddenly crop up in my analysis. And alongside him is a man who has fruit flies. It is Terry Saunders. So what happened was I had someone, I had a friend over and they left half a banana out and I didn't notice it for a couple of days. And in that couple of days, let's just say a whole society of fruit flies decided to move in to the point. Have you ever had fruit (laughs) flies? Have you ever tried to get rid of fruit flies? It's the hardest thing in the world. Surely just close the room where the fruit flies are, spray, fly, spray, leave for half an hour, come back, sweep up dead fruit flies, move on with your life. I don't think fly spray is a good way to go. I mean, I got some fly paper, which... What did you do? Try and persuade them to leave? Yeah. Did you, just, did you do a sort of a, a leaflet campaign? I, I, what, left, what I, I left them a letter and like a little row of bits of banana out the window and fuck off. Have you got a well-reasoned argument? <laughs> well, I was talking to one of my vegan friends and I told them that I had fly paper and they got very annoyed saying that's inhumane to the flies. And there's actually a fruit fly trap. Well, you're not fucking eating well, There's them. a fruit fly trap that you can buy that keeps them all alive so they all just buzz around in this pot and then you let them out and obviously when you let them out they're all going to fly back in the window and secondly they only live for about a day imagine that's your life just like oh I've woken up <laughs> I'm in this pot oh someone kill me now so I've taken uh, I've uh, taken to hoovering them so I'm <laughs> while they're alive yeah yeah while they're in the air so I think my neighbours must think I'm quite weird because they just see this guy this this Englisher guy with a hoover but I'm just holding up the nozzle into thin air and they must be going the fuck is he doing he doesn't even know how to use a hoover Chica have you killed many things <laughs> this week um no but I've uh lost my family's respect so I well did that thing where you go and you go to the registry office and you tell them that you are going to get married. Do you know oh, that? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. And nope. you say that you know each other's birthdays 
etc. And yeah, yeah, yeah. They give you an, they do you like they sit you down and give you an interview and stuff separately, separately to make sure you're exactly. not fraud, so you fraudulently cheat. doing shit. Precisely. So I learnt all of these things, learnt the birthday and the middle name, you know. So I was not. Hang on, hang on, learnt. You didn't know before. Anyway, so, but I got myself quite flustered about it because um, it's a very tense situation, you know. No. So I got myself quite worked up. When they were filling in the sort of details for the actual uh, certificate, they asked what my parents' jobs are. And I got really worked up at this because I wasn't ready for that. And um, <laughs> n- my dad is are a. They, are they criminals? <laughs> Well, my dad's a retired policeman, but he now helps my mum run her cafe. And now, on my wedding certificate, my dad's job is a waiter. (laughs) (laughs) Right, here we go into Listener's Corner. And I know we are all expecting a Valtteri Bottas joke here, but his performance in Hungary was enough of a joke on its own. So let's just get on with it. And we will start with Calamity Bottas himself. Stuart Forsyth says, I thought Bottas had ruined the race after he made one of his usual terrible starts. Instead, it was so much fun. Thanks to the stewards, he will now get to do the same at Spa from even further back on the grid. Alan David says, Bottas, wingman extraordinaire, wants Mercedes to retain him so badly he's prepared to take out two Red Bulls, including Perez's engine, ensuring another grid penalty for Red Bull. Conspiracy time, out of the PK Briatore playbook. And Bethany Williams said, Bottas has secured a role with the Merck next year, dedicated to destroying the opposition at all costs. Oh, good old Valtteri. Well, He's on top form this weekend, yes, wasn't he? Yes, but Absolutely. I, I want to disagree with something, because it, it was not one of his usual terrible starts. Normally he does bad starts, but there was a weird stat that I think that was the first time in his career he's retired on, lap, on the first quarter of a race. So he, not that I'm defending Bottas, but he doesn't make a habit of careening into other drivers. Well, nobody makes a habit of it. Well, Verstappen. <laughs> it still happened. We've been talking about Bottas for, oh, I don't know, three years, about how he needs to up his game if he wants to keep his Mercedes seat. And now I've said that, maybe he will keep his Mercedes seat because he's been on thin ice for three years. But he's got to perform. He's got George Russell breathing down his neck. Hamilton's, you know, up there fighting for the win. He's been very underwhelming. All he needed to do was not have a terrible start and then take out half the grid. But then that meant that Hamilton did really well. They're, they're, they're the leads of the cha- both championships, thanks to Bottas. Inadvertently, and I'm sure we'll get to that, because yes, in theory, he, he did put Hamilton in an ideal place to pick up maximum points. But as we all know, if we watch the race, that didn't quite happen. But Bottas was not around to help after that. He sort of, you know, kamikaze his way into most cars... I mean, it was, was, it was pretty impressive. I mean, he re- I mean, when you consider that all he did really was actually lock up a little bit, he did a lot of damage. A lot of damage. So who did he take out? He took out... He took out Norris. Both the Red Norris. Bulls. Norris snookered Norris. into Verstappen. And mm-hmm. then Bottas hit And Perez, then I think... I think. Because Bottas had bounced off Norris and went into Perez. And then, and then Stroll off. went off and took out... Was it Ricardo as well? I don't know. Yes, I was yeah, actually yeah. thinking that Stroll could probably just say, "Oh, Bottas! Oh my God, look what he's done!" I mean, he took me yeah, out. Maybe he did. Took out Leclerc. Oh, I can't believe it. And Ricardo. And Leclerc. So half the grid were damaged to start um, with. Then you kind of miss the old days of running back for the spare car, don't you? And having that excuse the whole race where they go, "Oh, the spare car set up for Perez." Not that that would ever happen, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> they should have had just like two spare cars, but any, whoever gets there first can have them. Oh, and they're just like, they're mm-hmm. just grey. Yeah, exactly. They're not branded. Although in the first pit stop, you can sort of do very quick like stamps with your sponsors on it if you want oh, that'd to. That'd be good. But the first people back to the car get the car. Well, they have to go through like Amazing. a little paint spray machine. So it's just one colour. But do you think this will do his chances of a race seat any favours? There is no way on God's earth that Bottas is going to drive for Mercedes next year, which is exactly why I think Bottas will be driving for Mercedes next year. <laughs> <laughs> Because that would be the most F1 thing yeah. ever. Or what's going to happen is that Russell's going to go to Mercedes, Bottas is going to go to Williams, mm-hmm. and then it's going to turn out that Williams have made the best car next year for the new rules. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bossos will be number two to uh, Who is he? Latifi. <laughs> <laughs> Who, as we've discovered this weekend, is actually one pretty good. Most yeah. points scored yeah, in yeah, the Williams exactly. ever. Amazing. Yeah, certainly in, certainly in a good few years. 
The fallout of Nelson Bottas Jr.'s antics meant that a lot of drivers finished considerably higher up the field than maybe we'd have expected. Notably, Williams scored double points with Latifi finishing 7th and George Russell in 8th. Ross Chaplin said, Also, so happy for George. He's earned these points and yet gets outscored by his teammate. And Paul Johnson says, Russell getting on team radio to tell them to compromise his race if necessary to help Latifi was clearly him showing Toto that he can be a better wingman than Bottas. I didn't think of it like that. Uh, he was laying it on quite thick this weekend, was old Russell. Yeah. What with that and his crying at the end. I mean, oh, when, I liked it. When he said the thing about, oh, give it to, give the race to Nicky, all this kind of stuff, like, oh, don't compromise Nicky's race for me and everything. And you could just tell that when it was Peter going, yeah, of course we're fucking not. The other driver's in the lead. <laughs> what do you think we're going <laughs> to give you special treatment because you're there in like 11th, you dickwad? No, the other driver yeah, just is you, in the point. Just because you're halfway good, do you think we'll, we'll treat you better than. Sweet little Nicky, who seems like a lovely lad, but isn't a very good driver. Although this weekend, Ashley did all right. Good driver. In fact, it doesn't actually reflect that well on Russell that he didn't manage to get past Latifi. But then, over the course of a whole but race, then wasn't it a kind? Of, you can't overtake very well at a Hungara ring, 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 Hungara ring. Mm-hmm. True, and it's the Monaco of Hungary, you know. <laughs> yeah, just less rights. Um, yeah. But you know. Let's face it, Ocon only won because he got lucky at the start. It was basically whoever came out of that start went best, just basically stuck to their position for most of the race, for the most part. It is very true. I had that in a kart yeah. race once. I was racing in a in a kart race in uh, in Dubai, and I'm you know a decidedly average kart racer. I think I started somewhere in the middle, and mm. everybody crashed on the first corner. I ended I ended up about fifteen seconds in the lead. Um, but then by about lap 10 everybody caught me and I ended up back in the middle again and I did actually think that that might happen but then I suppose A, it's quite hard to overtake there and B, the only decent car that wasn't damaged was Hamilton and then Mercedes proceeded to completely screw him which we'll discuss later it was it was one of those sort of perfect storm races wasn't it where at any other track it wouldn't have ended up that way without the weather it wouldn't have ended up that way without Bottas being Bottas it wouldn't have ended up that way blah 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 so Aston Martin Sebastian Vettel finished second on the road, but he was later disqualified when scrutineers were unable to extract the mandated amount of fuel from his car. Aston is, however, appealing the decision. Nick Peppel said, I don't understand how these teams keep running out of fuel. They know the penalty is a DSQ. This seems like one of the few things you wouldn't cut close. And Mike Morby asked, did Vettel get disqualified for standing up to Orban and his anti-LGBTQ plus politics and adrian lovell said the fia reprimanded four drivers for wearing we races one t-shirts during the hungarian national anthem including seb whose t-shirt was also pride colored the fia should go fuck themselves and get in the bin bunch of hypocrites well i agree with that well sebastian fettel had got a lot of headlines this week considering it was a race where ocon won alonso performed really well bottas crashed into everyone and hamilton fought through the field Fettel was in a lot of headlines. And don't forget, for clearing up some rubbish at the British Grand Prix, he was in a lot of headlines the other week as well. He is having, there was that as he's well. having a social media blitz. He is. He's mm. clearly got a new new PR person. Uh, and he doesn't even have social media, which is well impressive. Shall we talk about the fuel thing? Yes. yes. The fuel, as I understand, they need to have a... It's a litre, but let's call it a pint. Pint of fuel. <laughs> I'm back in London next week. Half, so a, half a pound of fuel. Yeah, that's nearly an armful. So you've got to have that left at the end so that the FIA can piss about with it. I've got to be honest, when I've seen when I've seen them do like <laughs> tests on fuel, they're talking like syringes and things. And a litre sounds like quite a lot. I wondered that as well. I reckon, they're having a very dangerous drinking. No, water. I reckon the, F, the the stewards just get free fuel for the way home. <laughs> <laughs> twenty Sticking cars, twenty liters. There you go. <laughs> Four liters each. We're, we're set. So yeah, they're supposed to have, let's say, a pint of fuel to take out, and they couldn't. They could only get a third of a pint out of Fettel's car. But Aston Martin is contending that. They did have the required amount of fuel left because they know how much they put into the car and they've got the fuel flow sensor that Ferrari fucked about with a couple of seasons ago that lets them know how much fuel is going through the system. Maths, maths, maths. We know how much fuel is left in the car. But they couldn't get it out. The thing appears to be, and why I don't think their appeal is going to work, is that it's not necessarily you must have this much left. The rule is you must be able to get it out. 
Woof. And they couldn't get it out. Woof. And the fuel. Why? Uh, they couldn't get it why, out. So why, they're screwed. Why don't they just keep uh, a litre bottle of fuel in the cockpit? Like. Just like an empty water bottle, fill it with petrol. I mean, that seems fine. Yeah, just, I can't see it. Just have it rattling around his feet. And then at the end of the race, he just like hands it over and goes, there you go, mate. That is a genuinely good idea. And in this post-Grosjean world, I can't imagine why that would be an issue. Exactly. Well, Grosjean yeah. is not there to fuck it up. Yeah, that should be fine. It might kick around the... uh might get stuck under his brake pedal, admittedly. Yeah, whatever. Mm. Uh, he might, it might you know, go into the footwell and he can't find it. But he could always have a lighter so he can lift it up and see <laughs> exactly. what's going on. Exactly. Like that. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's but a good has idea. Has this happened before? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. It happens to Vettel, I think, actually, oh. when he was at Red Bull. Did I it? said, I think I read that this week. I, I didn't just pluck that. <laughs> I didn't just pluck that from my memory. Oh, do you remember that time I happened when he was at Red Bull? <laughs> I, was like, I can barely remember wow. that Vettel drove for Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> the, the idea is they did have the fuel, but it doesn't matter because they couldn't get to it, and the rule is they have to get to it. But lots of conspiracy people going. Did he actually get disqualified because the FIA was pissed off that he was breaking all the rules because he was standing up for the for the LGBTQ? I don't believe that, community. and yet I also believe that entirely. I do. He's in <laughs> he's in Hungary for God's sake. Yeah, I reckon. Yes. Like, so, uh, should we outline what happened for those that maybe didn't see it or weren't paying attention? So it it wasn't just a little token gesture. He went all out in proclaiming his support, didn't he? Yeah, all out. So he had he had he had the cool shoes. He had the t-shirt. He had the mask. And no bottoms. He had t- literally a rainbow t-shirt, with, <laughs> a, a, t- a rainbow t-shirt with same love written on it, which he wore, not just at the beginning point where you're supposed to be allowed to protest by wearing t-shirts, but also then later during the national anthems when protests are absolutely not allowed because you can only stand up for human rights for this allotted three-minute period before the race. And um, he, and he got a reprimand with it. And he wasn't the only one either, <laughs> although he, he wore more stuff than anybody else. And in Hungary, you can't, um, you can't have any sort of same-sex relationships on TV pre the watershed. Well, yes. Like that. So maybe, They've got this bill, haven't they? I'm not sure if it's yeah. actually law yet, but they're trying to make a law, law where... Is it law it now? Where they go. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he was, uh, I suppose, treading on legally thin ice. But um, good for him, I say. Absolutely. And I think... Bad luck, though. I think they should do... So where's the next race going to be at? Is it Belgium? Yeah. I, mean, I think... Let's say, let's say Spa. They're okay. Their rights are okay. But I think all the grid should come on... All the cars should be in pride colours. They should just... You know that, you know that Formula 1 2022 prototype they brought out the other week that had the holograms on that's kind of pride colors all at once so just bring that on yeah yeah let's get space pride uh, space pride it's rare for sports people to really stand up and i know that hamilton has been this year and a lot of the other drivers seem to quite reluctantly be (laughs) protesting and doing their little kind of anti-racist video at the start yeah but i'll wear a t-shirt but i won't do anything else I'll, i'll talk black and white in that film that is looking weirder after a year but hate is bad yeah oh i love love money what no i said it wrong um (laughs) but vettel standing up and not that it matters but as far as we know vettel isn't lgbt or q and he might be plus he could be plus but it's just great for him to stand up so another news, remember Silverstone, ah, it seems like such a long time ago that Lewis Hamilton ruthlessly punted Max Verstappen into the wall or Max dangerously chopped across Hamilton's legitimate overtake opportunity or a racing incident happened and everyone got their knickers in a twist about it. None more so than Christian Horner, OBE, who got hapless Alex Albon to drive around Silverstone pretending to be Hamilton in a fruitless attempt to prove guilt at an FIA review. The FIA told him to knob off. Mercedes accused Red Bull of trying to tarnish Hamilton's reputation and everyone came out looking like a bunch of schoolchildren. This was just so F1-y, wasn't it? They looked like such twats. It's amazing. Can you imagine? (laughs) Can you imagine being Alex Albon being told, right, you're fired, so you can't drive Red Bull anymore, but how about this? How about this for a laugh? After the British Grand Prix, because we're really pissed off, we want you to drive Hamilton's line with an old car... And then we're going to be a little bit annoyed that you can't go quite as quick as the seven-time world champion <laughs> in a Mercedes. In a Mercedes. And, yeah. and then we're going to use that as evidence. It's like going to the police going, oh, I know. <laughs> Sorry, I worked out you stole my car. I just did a reconstruction. <laughs> yeah. It turns out he was my mate. Yeah. I, stole, I stole somebody else's yeah. car and now I know how they turns did out it. I did it. I stole my own it's car. It's 
so ridiculously petty and stupid. I think pretty much everyone now, apart from bellends on the internet, that are you know dying their. Oh, wall you mean you mean fans uh, or dying the or wall. as I call them the fucking Dutch. Okay. Yes. Sure. Well, no, Hamilton fans as well. There's there's people are are set in their positions on both sides. It was a fucking racist incident, guys. Come on, get over it. We've all forgotten. No, that. no, 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 no. Hamilton can't do any wrong. <laughs> It was the fucking Dutch. No, well, Verstappen can't do any wrong, apparently. The Dutchie on the left-hand um, side. <laughs> but the fact that it's not just its not just the fucking internet worrying about it. The fact that Christian Horner, OBE, is releasing statements, you know, where he has pull quotes every fucking five minutes with Christian Horner, OBE, written at the bottom of it. Nobody cares about your OBE. It's not even a... It's like the shittest of all the wards. You would turn down an OBE field, is that what you're saying? Yes, I would. And Chica, you would take an OBE. I mean, it's... It's, I would take an OBE. Thank you. You can have mine. Much. And then on your wedding certificate, you'd get it wrong and be like, like oh, it's OB. a British bronze yeah, certificate. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> My dad may be a waiter, but I've got an OBE. So, Phil, how, how high up the food chain would you have to go? Would you, refuse, would, you, would you refuse a knighthood? I would. Yeah. Oh. Not, a big, not a big monarchist, so it'd be a bit hypocritical of me to accept oh, an award from it'd be Andy, wouldn't it? Uh, It'd be Andy when you're. I mean, if, if, I, if, you're I, at if I've Dad done cafe, you can get <laughs> get a table. <laughs> if I've done something good enough it's to get myself any me. kind of award, I've probably got some clout in other ways. But uh, it's irrelevant because uh, you know I don't think. God, you know, it's very kind of people to nominate me. But well, you haven't really. seen her Lord for Phil. 15 years. But if you open the door now, Phil, the Queen is coming today with tea oh. to give you a night. This is awkward. Laura, Laura, what was I saying about? I was ranting about Christian Horner OBE. And then organising this fucking test, which is stupid. And then going to the FIA with this fucking letter and this thing saying, we've done this. Stupid. Mercedes could have just taken the high line and just gone, all right, fine, didn't work. You know, say, suck it behind closed doors. But then they come out with this bloody statement where they're just like, oh, the Red Bull management is seeking to tarnish the good name of Lewis Hamilton. It's like, come on, rise above it. Very disappointed in Toto Wolff. I thought he was better than this. This is the kind of shit you expect from Horner and Helmut Marko. I've gone off Toto a bit the last couple of years. He's gone a bit. Why? He's, le- he's lost his ice cool veneer. It's this like season, when it? that, oh, what's the company that bought Mercedes, bought Intimus, Ineos, Incenios? Ineos. Ineos. I think since they've bought in, I think Toto Wolff has gone from being quite rich to very fucking rich. And I think it's changed him. But he's probably not as rich as Jim Ratcliffe, who is the bloke that owns Ineos, who is very rich. But didn't Toto Wolff's job change this season? Yeah, yeah, he's now a waiter. (laughs) 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 So current Formula 2 driver and notorious arse bucket Dan Tictum said that he's been given the boot from Williams, a move announced shortly after he went on a gaming live stream slagging off Nicholas Latifi. Coincidence? Probably not actually, as Dick Tantrum has a history of being a thoroughly unpleasant twat. So it seems likely Williams jettisoned him off for a different reason entirely. Anyway, that likely marks the end of Tantric Dickhead's chances to get into F1. So expect to see him try and weasel his way into an IndyCar drive or something similar. Dan Tictum. It's almost a shame he's not going to make it into F1 because he would provide a lot of material. He's sort of... He's not quite he massive mas- levels yeah, of... Yeah. Not quite marzipan levels of awful. Like, he's not sexually assaulted people. And I don't think his dad is a... No, but he is clearly... Bit, a little bit he clearly, But he's a bit... He's a prime bell. Not only is he a bellend. So he got fired from the Red Bull Young Driver. Well, he got a reprimand from the Red Bull Young Driver's thing. Got, like, a year ban for doing that kind of overtaking cars under a safety car and then crashing into a teammate he was pissed off with. Then he said something that Red Bull fired him for. Then Williams took him on as a, as a kind of junior driver. And at that point, you think, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, no, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to slag off one of the Williams drivers on a live stream. But the best thing was, did you hear how he was slagging him off? He was singing, was to, the theme, he was singing to the theme of Scooby-Doo. <laughs> the TV is a poo. <laughs> <laughs> Like sort of seven-year-old driver of the year. He is our driver of the year. (laughs) Cut me deep. What's what sort of a shame about this is that Dan Tictum, all this aside, is actually a really good driver. Although having said that, Latifi I think finished second in F two, and Dan Tictum is nowhere near second in F two at the moment. But you mean Latifi point scorer for Williams? Fucking yes, exactly. Hero. Leading point scorer for like Williams, Mansell, Nigel Mansell, Smash. Latifi. That's the most points yeah. anyone's ever scored for Williams. It's almost sad, but then you realise what a prick he is. So what a prick. You know, he'll probably he'll probably go to IndyCar because they'll take any old twat. So 
tell us how wrong we are you can tweet us at for f one sake or find us on facebook where we're for f one sake or email us at wrong at ff1s.com but alternatively if you think we are right seriously take a month off and think about why that is a silly idea but thank you to everyone who has bought us a beer after our live show experiment they are Alistair White, who says, hopefully this helps make you all reach your FIA mandated post podcast beer volume. Yeah, we've we've done that joke. Maybe. Tim Wren, who says, felt I finally had to buy you a pint because Terry was in such good form over the Silverstone weekend and can only imagine what's going to be made of Bottas deciding to take up curling. Well, one... Hang on a fucking minute, Tim. One, Tim... Terry was in such good form. Well done, Tim. I agree, I was in such good form. Just Terry, was it? I mean... I was pretty great, let's face it. Apparently we were shit. Hey, he doesn't say you were shit. He just says you weren't as good as me. How many pints? He said, I finally had to buy you a pint. Yep. So Terry gets a pint. Nothing for me and Chica. We got a tap water from Tim. Look, I'll, I'll stretch to oh, a I'll stretch water. to a lime and soda. <laughs> but also, well done, Tim, because actually none of us has mentioned curling as a joke for Bottas, and that's a really good joke. Mark Berry, who says, "Happy summer break," and could Phil let us know his best bib brand? He mentioned the other day. Sorry if it's a bit off topic, but our toddler is a nightmare. I absolutely. Oh, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. To the hang on a minute. So, oh, oh, so it's, it's Phil's. It's Phil's bib brand, is it? You're not asking me or Chica about our bib brands. Jesus Christ. Just looking at my bib. It's, it's not yet my bib brand, but if if they want to, you know, if they're looking for investment, I haven't got any money. But if they want to sponsor the podcast, they're very welcome. I would recommend a band called Bibado. B i b a d o. They're very good, but make sure you get the newer ones because the earlier ones had pretty crap fastenings around the neck and they kept coming. Or- Oh god, this is Bimoa, the Alonso's big brand. <laughs> David Anderson, he says, I was chuffed to be your first live guest. Keep up the great work and have a few beers on me. Thank you, David. Uh, yeah. Great to speak Must to you. Update the website, that reminds me. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Lamb, he says, A Sunday show to rival Pissed Apex gets my dosh. Brilliant. I mean, don't get used to Sunday shows because that was uh, maybe not a one off, but not an every week off. Charles Moussard, he says, enough for three pints, way more than Seb had left. Oh! Very true. Also a bit of burn to producer Matt, but thank you very much, Charles. No pint Mm. for you, Matt, sorry. Jacob Routmore, who said, lol, not so long ago I was failing school and had zero money. Although he said, hate zero money, but that's what happens when you fail at school. (laughs) And all I had was F1. Then I saw this video about online business model, and then I had a go. Now I'm fucking loaded, baby, and you guys help loads and make me laugh. So thank you. I feel well, like thank you. I feel Jacob. like we've been given money by a spam comment. Yeah, <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> I feel like this is probably illicit money, and it or maybe a Ponzi scheme of some sort. And uh, we we now owe somebody more money. Click this link. So we have for uh, Bitcoin. What? <laughs> I don't understand Bitcoin. Do you understand? Bitcoin? I've got Bitcoin. Let me tell you what happened with Bitcoin. I invested yeah. at the start of this year 1,000 euros in Bitcoin. Did yes, you really? I did, because someone told me square to make money. That 1,000 euros in the space of four months became 2,000 euros. And I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, this Bitcoin thing is amazing. Then Elon Musk said something and it's worth 700 euros. <laughs> <laughs> so there's my investment tip. Get rid of Elon Musk. Okay. You say that, I had a Tesla in this week. It was really good. Well, you should. You, you had your chance to talk Same. about it. You didn't talk. You talked about fucking Olympics. Instead. I was talking. I, was, yeah. I had to talk about Whatever. the Olympics. That's too much. I've done. Normally, I don't do much stuff. Now I've done too much stuff. Edward Ludlow, who says, "Not bought you around for a while, so probably about time." As podcasts go, it's an okay one, I guess. Oh, Edward. It's pretty, pretty accurate. That's exactly the kind of fan I want to keep. Yeah. <laughs> not, not too yeah, crazy. Not fans. Just kind of ambivalent. Yeah. He's, he's not going to, you know, he might come along to a live show if we're sort of in his town. Yeah, he won't buy a t-shirt. He he's not going to camp outside He won't house. buy a t-shirt, but he wouldn't say no to one if we gave it to him. He might buy a mug. Yeah, he's, he'd, be the like sort, one every he'd be the sort to years. buy a sticker, but not actually put stick it on anything. Yeah. <laughs> just get it, get it and put it in a drawer. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Good, good work, Ed. Thank you, Ed. You're like our ideal fan. And David Sayer, who says... Please fix the hot weather and make it cooler. Done. You're welcome. Is it cool again over there? Because it's gone quite warm today. Yeah. About cool. 20 here today, probably. Bit of rain here and there. I'm wearing a jumper. Wow. Also a donation from Chris Horner's unendingly flapping gums. It's weirdly disgusting, but thank you, Chris. It might be. I hope it is. Who knows? If you're listening, you're a <laughs> <laughs> That's OBE to you. 
Thomas Gasser. Thomas, thank you so much. Alistair Hawkins. Sounds like he writes crime novels. He'd be mm. A.E. Hawkins. George Kalis. George, I've never heard that surname before. I like it. George Kalis. Greek, maybe? And Rian Parkin. Just R.R. Parkin. R.R.R. Parkin. And if he's your brother, he'd be R.R.R. Parkin. <laughs> and a thank you to our monthly donors keeping us in beer through the summer breaks. And this time we celebrate Ian Cox, William Yay. Boyce, Ooh. Charlie Ooh. Fraser, Keith Ooh. Falconer, yes. Jenny and Ralph yes. Brynard, Andrew yes. Cunningham, Bryce Ooh. Davies. Amazing. Thank you, guys. Join them. Support the show by going to ff1s.com forward slash pint, pint, pint. We will, we will, we'll we'll team you. Oh, no, 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 no. That's a different podcast. (laughs) Alpine! What? We can't have Alpine first. Yes, we can. And this is when we all realise why Alpine is called Alpine and not Alpine, even though that's how it's spelled, is because Alpine rhymes with team. Ocon would probably not have been able to win the race if his comrade Alonso hadn't held off Hamilton. Tell me how you felt when Ocon crossed the line. Underwhelmed I'd forgotten about him. I was too busy worrying about uh, Hamilton and uh, Alonso. I don't think this is very fair. Like, Alonso somehow managed to weed himself into a position where he won the race for Ocon. To the point that even Ocon, perhaps unwisely, but in all the kind of post-race interviews, was going, basically was being told, Oh, oh I, Bibs. Bibs, Bibs, Bibs o'clock. <laughs> Is that your Bibarama or your Bibalicious? It did. Although it didn't make a noise this time. I don't know why. Um, Sorry, right, I did it earlier. But Ocon, did you did you hear any of the interviews? Because he basically went, no, Alonso, everyone told me that Alonso was like really horrible and a right shit. But actually, what was he's that been about? really nice. And, and he said it on like two or three different interviews, yeah. to which I'm thinking, yeah. mate, don't let Alonso know that people have told you that he's a shit. Because... Yeah. So many people told me that Alonso yeah. was an absolute bellend, like a real shitbag, like one of the worst people you have ever met. Yeah, but actually, yeah. he's not that bad. You can just well, see the rest of the team being like, stop it, just stop, stop. <laughs> We didn't say that. <laughs> Whereas Alonso's there going, yeah, so I won the race for Esteban. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's, he's on the podium, but it's like my name on the trophy. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, fair play to him. He did... Uh, this is Alonso, not Ocon, obviously. Uh, Ocon, this is like Ocon's only good performance of the year. I think all year we've been saying how disappointingly shit he's been since he got his new contract. Then he comes through and spawns a race win. This was Alonso's race. And let's face it, we've we've given... I think we've given Alonso a bit of a ribbing every now and again. But uh, he drove really well. No, no, no. We're going to go back... No, not we're well not, enough to win, obviously. We're not going to talk about Alonso. Look, Ocon, let's face it, he got very lucky on the first lap and then was ahead in a circuit where you can't really overtake. And the person second was, you know, fair play to him, fucking Vettel, who, let's face it, isn't the best at racing in recent years. So, in a weird way, it was quite an easy win. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fair enough, to be honest. You know, the stars all aligned. Yeah. The only person that could have beat him was uh, Hamilton, who managed to go back to the grid, and then still probably would have beat him had it not been for Alonso. And oh, his very good car. Alonso with his beautiful hair. <laughs> I've heard Alonso. I'm less bothered about his. It's like not. I'm less bothered about his hair. It's more his neck. What a but neck. the best. You crack walnuts with that. Neck. But the best thing is, it was at the Hungarian Grand Prix in 2007 that it all kicked off with Alonso and Hamilton and McLaren. So there is some. Oh. Long term, so that was the, the race where he like did he punch a hole or pull the door off the motorhome or something in a tantrum? Was that when he kicked kicked uh, kicked Ron Dennis's back doors in? <sighs> no, no, no. That was Monaco. That was the party. <laughs> that was the party afterwards. <laughs> and a young Vettel was there in a t-shirt, and um, <laughs> so just. But he took it off eventually. Oh, oh I feel oh. we've just crossed. The, even even I feel we've crossed mm. the line there. Um, oh, but. <laughs> But yeah, so like Alonso holding off Hamilton at Hungary, you know that he was in that car with his like little tiny erection going, I'm getting you back. I'm getting you back, Lewis. And Lewis is going, what's... Is that your Alonso? I'm getting you back, Lewis. And Lewis is there. It's me. And Lewis is probably... It's me, Alonso. And Lewis is there going, oh, that, who is that? That guy rings a bell. What's his name again? Fred. <laughs> <Is it> Fred? <laughs> 
Did you? Did we meet on like one La- of the Nando? Did, Lando? Is it Lando? Did, did it we Lando meet on Norris? like a fan day? How you doing? How you do? You doing all right? Oh, well done. Oh, you're in the Formula One. Oh, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> you're, you're one of those Make a Wish kids. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, from a, I, I don't know how ex- exciting it was for you know the the sort of the Netflix generation, but. That was a masterclass in defending from Alonso. Oh, it's you so and Alonso, hard. get a room. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. I, I mean, I probably would. as long as he would tell me how to defend like that, I would. What? It was it's so it's so hard to stop people who are much what does faster that mean? than you. You've, going you've fast. got to leave a you've got to leave a penis width at the edge of the bed <laughs> and no swerving. <laughs> Uh, it was good and Ocon was there as well Aston Martin Sebastian Vettel hero to zero in a few hours second podium of the year great drive charming interview and then bam Aston Martin couldn't provide the fuel sample Stroll- oh I'm very sorry I'm very sorry this has never happened before <laughs> <laughs> Stroll also couldn't produce the fluid Stroll also faced the wrath of the judges with a five place grid penalty for the next race after hitting the clerk at turn one what went wrong for him this weekend? He hit Leclerc at turn <laughs> yeah. one. Wow. I mean, <laughs> that, I mean, that didn't have much chance to do anything else, did he? He slid all over the place, didn't he? But also, also, the, 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 this is the funny thing about Vettel's race is that the reason that he came second before the disqualification is that he had such a shit start. He was miles behind all the carnage, <laughs> and then all the cars went off, and he was like, oh. Oh, being so far back has its advantages. I'm second now. It's yeah. a yeah. It's a massive advantage. So basically, Stroll to have a terrible Stroll start. just got everyone out of the way for him. <laughs> Stroll and Bottas were just like going, "Don't worry, Vettel, we got you." <laughs> uh, yeah, it, I mean, Stroll had a terrible weekend. He was rubbish in qualifying, uh, and he lasted 200 yards in the race and then wiped loads of people out. So that was the end of him. Vettel, yeah, Vettel, I mean, did all right apart from not being able to overtake. Ocon, but admittedly in a not amazing car on a track he is hard to overtake on. Uh, but I think we'll all remember him for the stuff that he did off track. Missy. Which is actually pretty remarkable. Yeah. When you think about it. When you think that he's got second on track in an Aston Martin and that's not actually what we're bothered about. Well done. Mercedes. This team should get an Oscar for providing top quality entertainment at the Hungarian Grand Prix. One driver fucked up the opening lap so badly that it made the rest of the race the best couple of hours of the season. The other one, well, boo as much as you like, Verstappen disciples. That was an incredible drive. In the words of Russell Crowe, after he's chucked his knife at the pot in Gladiator, were you not entertained? Yeah, but Verstappen had half a car. You don't understand. Mm. Oh, I'm an expert on Formula One. I mean, he pretty much did. Did you see his car? I mean, it's true. He only had half a car. But but it was entertaining. I'm not saying but it shouldn't, I felt it, sorry for him. It shouldn't have been it shouldn't have been that entertaining because this was absolutely you know, this was Bottas's great gift to Lewis and to Toto. You say, Here, I sacrifice myself for the greater good and I take out all your rivals in one fell swoop. Away you go, Lewis. Fly, fly to victory. And then they have the restart, and then every single person pots ex- pots pits <laughs> except for Hamilton. Which was one of the most surreal things I've ever seen. It was amazing. I mean, it was peak. It was peak <laughs> F1 at its peakiest to see just Hamilton on the grid and just just the sh- the sh- the charade of the five lights going on. It's like, do we have to? Yeah, we have to. Come on, <laughs> just just wave your. F- just go. They could have just, just said, just right, Hamilton, whatever you want to go, just go. <laughs> it's fine. I did hear, and I can't remember where I heard it, so it might not be true, that the guys in the safety car that follow the grid when they set off from a start went hairing off after Lewis when he started on his own and then suddenly realised that they had to slam on the brakes when everybody then came out of the pit lane because <laughs> they were in danger of overtaking And it them. turns out the safety car is in second place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, amazing. So, um, this, but this was interesting because... Uh, so, I was listening to another podcast about this, so I'm not going to pretend this is my insight, but... The problem they had is that the, A, they didn't think that everyone would pit. They thought like half the people would pit. And so they decided not to pit because Mercedes are the first pit garage. So if he'd gone in the pits where he was, he wouldn't have been allowed to leave because it would have been unsafe release because all the other cars would be going in and out kind of thing. So they realised... It's an argument. They, so they realised that by not pit, 
pitting him would mean he wouldn't be in the lead. So it'd be better to not pit him, where he's going to end up ten seconds behind everybody else. Yes, it's it's a thought. It's however a fucking terrible thought (laughs) because. I mean, what's the worst-case scenario? He goes into the pits, and okay, absolute worst-case scenario, he has to wait for everybody else to go past him and then go. He's not going to be absolutely last because he'd have been first into the pits, and even once the last person goes past him and he goes, he'll at least be past those people that just went past him because he'll be past them before they get in their pit garage and out. So he won't be last. He might be quite far down the field, but he won't be last. Mm. If you stay on the what is obviously the wrong tyre on a completely bone-dry track and then pit, you will be last by a country mile. So the fact that Toto will f- double down on this strategy afterwards is absolutely baffling to yeah. me. I mean, it's obvious it was the wrong decision. It, it, it did admittedly put them in a slightly difficult position because there is a valid point that he would lose places in the pit, but he's not going to lose all that time that he did. Oh yeah, undoubtedly. In the, uh, in the not event. pitting left him not only last, but last by a country mile. <laughs> it was so stupid. But why don't get... I don't know what he was well, thinking. I don't understand. And I was a bit confused at this. And I wasn't sure if I wasn't paying attention. But the track was drying. And you can change your tyres under a red flag. So why the fuck were they all on the wet tyres? I mean, I guess that they had just they hadn't been out. And hadn't realised quite how dry it yeah, was. but they've got people. They've got cameras. They've got radars. Yeah, but I don't think you can, I don't think you can tell just by looking at well, it. Well, somebody could have won I mean, the race could. by that. Well, I mean, obviously we can. Because yeah, yeah. we're Formula One mm. experts. Because we've watched quite a lot of races on television. But um, I think when you're making a decision like that, you want to, you know, you want to go out and confirm it. And they knew that they could pit if need be. But, I mean, it did seem pretty obvious from the TV pictures like there's no water on that track. It's very dry. Also, it dried really fast. It went from soaking enough for everybody to crash on the first lap to bone dry in what, 20 minutes maybe? Yeah. Williams! Two words I thought I would not be saying in the depressing Williams section of the podcast are double points. But there they are. Latifi hugged everyone and Russell cried. Does this change anything though? I guess now that Williams have points that they'll be able to get their hands on more dollar for next season. But does this actually mean anything this season? Actually, it might. Does it? Is it? Was it this year they brought in the whole thing about where you are in a championship means how much wind tunnel time you're allowed or something? No, because that means they get less. Wind. I think that's no. I think that's based on where you finished the previous season, isn't it? I thought it carried on throughout the championship. But then maybe that, it does. But that would mean they'd get less. But they can't work through the summer anyway. But that would mean they get less wind tunnel time because they've done well. Oh my god, this is this is, very terrible. this is terrible. This is terrible. Oh my god, we haven't got done? any fuel in the car. Honest. <laughs> no wonder Russell was crying. <laughs> I would have thought it would be. I mean, just purely from a commercial point of view, the fact that they let's be honest. I think even Haas have said, "Yeah, we're not going to catch them now, are we?" They're now going to. Where are they? Like eighth now? Oh yeah, I mean, tenth? which is several million quids worth better yeah. off probably um all they have to do is not somehow lose points during the season or for there to be another freak race and Haas and i presume it's alpha they're ahead of yep. suddenly make a load of points when they're now canvassing for sponsors and they're saying look we're going to be eighth not tenth this year suddenly the sponsors will be like oh they're much more successful than mm-hmm. Haas or Alfa Romeo maybe we'll go to them and give them loads of money so i mean it can't do them any harm and then you know they'll get what's it worth a few million quid it's worth having maybe they could get another driver it's kind of weird the more i think about this race the more i realize how dull it was for a very exciting race because it was just like once it all settled down <laughs> they were just kind of stayed in their positions you know th- there was the the big moments of drama which were more exciting than most races you had the bottas stuff you had the ridiculous hamilton restart you had the alonso um, hamilton stuff you know it's all ve- there were very exciting moments in the race but on the whole they kind of came out of the second bit of the race and they were just kind of basically stayed in their positions and if you were lucky at that point, you kind of stayed there. No, there was a bit of going on. And, and you know, this isn't fucking touring cars. You don't want everyone overtaking 15 terms of lap and crashing into each other. You? You, want, you, want, you, you need the build-up. You need the anticipation. You need the, the, the foreplay before the, mm, before the meat. What? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I don't what? know. <laughs> I've had two beers. Red Bull! Someone needs to send this team back to nursery. Their reaction to the race is a Mercedes conspiracy theory to sabotage their chances. And they ignored the fact that Bottas took out most of the field in his mission to destroy Verstappen's dreams. 
So Verstappen is being a little diva about it, but now Horner is saying bitchy things. What is it going to take for them to grow up? They'll never grow up. No, they're, they're, between Horner and and uh, Helmut Marco, I mean, they just talk utter shit a lot of the time. They're on they? a populist mission at the minute, and every now and again, I delve into the kind of Max Verstappen fan base on Twitter, and it's actually quite remarkable. I mean, there is an equal Hamilton fan base as well, so I'm not pretending it's a new thing, but there is this kind of like religious fervor behind that Verstappen can't do any wrong, to the point that and. Older listeners will remember that back in the kind of Hamilton, you know, Ferrari, McLaren days, you know, the FIA was nicknamed hilariously Ferrari International Assistance because, like, you know, in Schumacher days, the, the, you know, the disqualifications was, would go in his favour. You know, the rules always seemed to help out Schumacher. And FIA being called Ferrari International Assistance is, you know, it's not the best joke in the world, but it's a joke. It's funny, you know. It fits the letters. <laughs> For Staffan fans, have called it the MFIA, which is the Mercedes for international assistance. And it's like, you just keep seeing it everywhere, MFIA, and I had to look it up. And it's I have seen yeah. that. Uh, but I've also seen it with a little A, a tiny A between the M and the F, so it says Mafia, because oh, the A even, wouldn't actually work. That's actually wouldn't actually good. work, but... Mercedes, uh, f- for internal assistance. Yeah, it's pathetic. That's it, Mercedes. F- oh, fuck, it's terrible. Shit jokes were way better back in the early 2000s, yeah, weren't before they? before we had Twitter. It is, it is very silly. I mean, we've touched on them being stupid little bitches. But I think they were probably right to be a bit aggrieved by... Um, by the goings on but is this true because it wasn't actually their fault that they got completely taken out so is this true because they're talking about lost an engine they're talking about because of the budget cap they can't afford to basically repair the like you know there was a thing saying that the other team should pay for the car blah blah mm-hmm. blah but is that really a thing that they're going to actually not have enough money in the budget cap to I fix mean, a car if it is I mean it has been an expensive couple of races for them but I cannot believe that they haven't budgeted a fairly substantial amount for repairs. They're not going to be like within their cost. Hang count. on, we didn't think anyone would crash into us this season. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. I think we're going to win, but we can't crash any time. It's fucking motorsport. Of course, you're going to crash. Or they'll you just must say have to Perez, contingency budget. Sergio, do you mind if we don't um, give you as much as we said we would this year? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's fine. I'm just yeah, happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you jest, but <laughs> I can absolutely see that happening. Um, yeah, I, they they probably can be justified in feeling a little bit annoyed from this race because, unlike the last race, where you know you could absolutely argue that um, Verstappen had at least something to do with the accident, uh, none of this was was either his or Perez's fault, and it'd be very expensive. They lost a lot of points. Perez's engine's broken, so he'll have to take a grid penalty uh, at some point in the future. Uh, yeah, they've been hard done by, and it's unfortunate. But that's racing, you know. If one there's one thing that Formula One isn't, it's fair. Ferrari, Leclerc may have been clouded by Stroll, meaning there was more Ferrari on the track than on the Ferrari. But signs, however, he drove like an absolute hero and worked the podium. Are we going to see more signs podium in the second half of the season, or will it need a bunch of the field to be taken out in order to get there? We didn't actually see him on the podium. That's true. He was on the podium after. Vettel's disqualification yeah. through the podium of our hearts. He's still he's still officially on the podium, but I've got to say, he was kind of scarily impressive with his radio messages, kind of working out what Hamilton's going to do and how they're going to pit. Like that was kind of like next level stuff. Where you're like, how the fuck does he know? Are you a time traveller? Yeah, he had an almanac. It did sound a bit like he was just there going, oh, Hamilton's going to pit again. They're like, no, he's not going to pit. No, Carlos, he's not going to pit. He's already pitted once. We've looked at the garage. They aren't having a cup of tea. Is that Bonotto? That's amazing. That was all of Ferrari because they're all... Okay. Lazy. <laughs> it was amazing. It was fucking brilliant. It was fine. It wasn't it, fine. It was great. And what I just was, said was great. The, come on, the thing that he was able to no, spot yeah, the strategy yes, was amazing. He, what, that was good. Thank you. That was good, but he still, you know, spawned his way up to. Uh, he spawned to his way up because everybody crashed. Spawned his way okay. up to third because everybody else crashed. Spawned my way up. <laughs> McLaren. It was the end of the impressively placed streak for Norris when he was Bottas's patient zero. How did he deal with it? Well, when Bottas apologised, he said, "Apologies don't change anything." 
Wow, his words cut deep. What would you say to Bottas? I did think uh, that Norris was a little bit churlish in his response. Salty. Yeah. I mean, understandable. No, I think he could have gone, do you know what? I've not had a Sunday off for ages. <laughs> I'm going to go and watch the Grand Prix. <laughs> do you know the thing I miss it's about Sundays is watching the Formula One? Because <laughs> Norris is funny, so he should have had a funny response. Yeah. He's not so funny this year. He's, he's not that on the head this year. Because he, he, he can either be funny or he can drive well. Well, because um, last year he was quite funny. You know, he was the meme lord. Oh, so zany. Uh, this year he stopped all of that, but he's driving really well. So uh, I think it's understandable that he was rather pissed off. I'd have been pissed off. Ricardo was also there. I mean, Ricardo was involved in the first quarter thing, wasn't he? And finished 11th. Great. Pretty convenient excuse, wasn't it? Oh, the car was damaged. That's why I've not been very good. Oh, it's windy. Oh. Oh. It's, I don't know. It just feels like Norris is carrying McLaren at the moment, and we're now. Was that that was race ten, wasn't it? Ten races in, Ricardo's still nowhere near. I, How long will they give him? Is his contract I mean, up at the end of this season? I don't think... I don't actually know how long his contract is. Well, the thing is. is, whatever happens, next year's car is going to be so different, he might be able to drive it. But it is just... That's a good point. And he's probably got input into next year's car. It is so it's just, not just going to be like... I don't know. It's, one, it's one of those things where you go, well, technically, like we know that Ricardo is a good driver, right? We know that for a fact. He's not, not a good driver. But is he one of those drivers who's just been like lucky or unlucky in his career that actually that Red Bull that he left willingly was a car that really fucking suited him? The Renault, it took him a, I forget, it took him like a good half a season to get into the Renault. You know, he was like moaning about the brakes for the first half of the season. You know, everything's not right for him. Blah blah blah. He's very fussy about his exactly. brakes. He's isn't fussy. He? I think he's fussy he's about everything. He's a brake diva. Yeah, and the problem is. He's gone from being the next big thing to, you know, his third team after, you know, Red Bull, Renault, McLaren. His stock is getting lower and lower and lower and you mm. can't excuse it anymore. So I feel like we'll see how next year goes. But, you know, he's on a he's on a warning. He's on a disciplinary. He is. I mean, I feel like we've probably talked about this before, but he seems like he's he's like he's like Button. He needs the car exactly as he likes mm. it or he can't. He's not very good. Gets exactly as he wants it. He's really good, which is a shame but because he doesn't seem hopeless. like Button. He seems like quite a nice no, well, guy. They, oh, they're like, wow. <laughs> what have you got against Jensen Button? I fucking hate Jensen Button. We've been through Why this. Why do you hate Jensen Button? Have we? Jensen Button was born on the 20th, 20th of January, nineteen eighty, which is three days after I was born. Oh right. So I was going to say it's a weirdly stalkerish thing to know. No, okay. I know it because he's three days older than me. And then when I was ten years old, I remember watching news, new, not news night, news round. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Panorama. Yeah. It was news round or Blue Peter. There was I was just thinking about getting into go karting, but I'd found out that you actually need some money to do go karting. So mm. my family couldn't afford it because I was poor. And then I saw a thing on news round with John Craven or maybe Blue Peter, where. There was this featured out of this ten-year-old boy called uh, Jensen Button, and I never forgot that fucking name because he was my nemesis. Wow. And then years later, he becomes fucking world champion, and I'm doing a fucking podcast talking about him. Yeah. Okay. Well, sucks to be Jensen then, I guess. He's not bitter. Is he? Is he having a great time drinking beer bought for him by fans? No, he's getting yes, knobbed off by a supermodel. Probably. <laughs> I mean, we can only see your top half, so we don't know what's going on. Trust me, I am not getting knobbed off. Are you done? Yeah, money's on the mantle, please. I mean, that could be a supermodel, Terry. Could be a supermodel, but not for yeah. not for twenty euros. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, McLaren. I think that covers McLaren, yeah. doesn't it? Alphatari. Sonoda may have moaned a lot, and Gasly put some weird pictures on his Instagram over the weekend but by the end of Sunday it was a successful weekend for Alpha Tari double points and fastest lap when do you think an F1 driver has to hand over control of their Instagram account to a PR company I haven't seen I'm, I'm going to look up I haven't I'm going to live re- react as they do on the internet to Pierre Gasly's pictures I've also not seen Pierre Gasly's uh, I've cl- clearly we're not uh, down with the gram as you are Chica he put okay, up so there's a picture Pierre. of him a on pi- a Picture of him between some sets of tires, and that kind of creeped me out. Oh, yeah, 
<laughs> he's just been standing there for yeah. hours. <laughs> he looks very short. Mm. That's it's Tsunoda. <laughs> Tsunoda has to act as both of them. I'm he's more like looking the at the one with his body. mates in Ibiza, where they've all got they've all got what I can only assume are very expensive sunglasses, but they all look ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he. He's, yeah, they are some s- silly sunglasses. He's done a story, so he's in Ibiza. With his mates, they've all got their tops off. Yeah. Ooh. He's probably going to uh, some of the clubs. I don't know what the clubs are these days. Manu Mission, is that still a club? Man United. Probably. Ministry of Sound. Ministry of Justice. Yeah. Ministry of Brexit. I don't remember seeing Alpha Tauri all weekend. And then I looked at the results and I was like, oh, they did really well. I, did, we, did they actually show them? I don't remember seeing them at all. Yeah. But, you know, well done. Sonoda didn't uh, spanner it into the wall all weekend, did he? Did I remember? Yeah. Alfa Romeo, an unsafe release into marzipan, whoopsie-daisy, and last place. The question I'm going to put to you is, guess how much Antonio Giovinazzi weighs? Okay, let's go with this. Is this in kilograms? Is this a a cheeky quiz? Uh, uh, I mean, it's only one question, so I guess it doesn't really... It's a mini mini cheeky quiz. It's a cheeky round. Uh, Whoever gets it right wins. Okay, so I am six It's in kilograms. Okay, I'm six foot three okay. and I am seventy seven kilograms. Shit, man, you're really light. Yeah. God, I'm a heavy bastard. <laughs> so I reckon four to one drivers are about a foot less. And I reckon a foot I think, is about ten kilos. So I'm gonna say he's sixty six, but he's also fitter than me because he's a four to one driver. I'm gonna go sixty two kilos. Alright. I think Giovanazzi is actually quite tall. So I'm gonna go. Uh, it's gonna go seventy kilograms. Ready? Mm-hmm. Yes. Fuck Phil, you're exactly right. He is seventy kilos. Oh, oh. oh I didn't. I didn't take into account his hair. <laughs> yeah. So see, see, you know, say what you like about me, but I know my Italian man weight. <laughs> I, I'd like to talk about the uh, the crash into marzipan. Okay, you do that first. Which was I've got. I've got something else to talk about. <laughs> I, I fucking love that. I thought it was brilliant. It was great. I mean, it was a terrible. Re- it was a terrible release, and apparently it was, was due it to some sort of weird light? computer glitch system. Yeah, because it's all computerized now. You know, the days with the man and the lollipop are long gone. So it's all computerized, and apparently there was a glitch where it went go, and then it went oh no stop, and then it went go again. And Raikkonen, being Raikkonen, just waited there, and the lights went green, and so he went, mm. and he basically just tapped, tapped Marzipan on the front and broke his thing, and that was him out of the race. And I was like, that's great. Nobody got hurt, but we got rid of the. Most hated driver. Everybody's happy, um, and that was one of the highlights of the race for me. Okay, we all know those great drives in the wet, where a driver, often Jensen Button, to be fair, will go onto the tire, change tires, and be the only person on that tire. That will turn out to be a really great thing. And then at the start of the race, when Giovinazzi was <laughs> oh, like, yeah. "Let's go to slicks," and then it's like, "Okay, are you sure? Yeah, let's go to slicks. It's quite wet out there. Let's go to slicks." And then there is that massive. This isn't at the restart. No, no, no. This, this is at the this, very start. This is the very start. And they bought us as this big crash, and then they all so Giovinazzi's at the back of the grid, and they bought us as a big crash. And there's a red flag for twenty minutes, and the track's dry, and he's just like, uh <laughs> which wasn't his fault. He wasn't wrong, but it was just like, well, he was wrong. But he was wrong. He was very. He was obviously he was obviously <laughs> wrong. He was like, yeah, let's go to slicks. Everybody else is on intermediates, which are better in the wet, and they still got fucking. They've still got no traction. You imagine if he'd have been in Bottas's place and had rocketed off on slicks, <laughs> he wouldn't. He'd still be going now. Amazing. Um, that was the highlights of their race, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, Giovinazzi's optimism and uh, Raikkonen taking out Marzipan. Hey. You can't do it without making any noise, Phil, because your mute's on. Oh, bollocks, that was really good. Marzipan was shit and not really worth talking about, but Schumacher isn't. He did a drive that didn't involve points, but is definitely more impressive than usual. At one point, he defended from Verstappen and Russell. What do you think Schumacher is like if you went for a drink or a date? Well, this is interesting because one, I I hear him talk German a lot in Germany, which is 
Unusual form. Super good. It's just weird for a Formula One driver. I even get YouTube adverts where Mick Schumacher's talking German. And it's like, obviously, all drivers aren't English. But you grow up <laughs> knowing that all drivers speak English. And it is weird to... Like, just just hearing Vettel speak German is actually quite weird, despite the fact he's German. Because how often... Have you heard Bottas, have you heard Bottas speak Finnish? I've never heard him speak German. It's pretty... Well, you probably can speak probably. German, let's be honest. But how? what would I think about Schumacher went for a drink or a date? Unfortunately, I think I'm going to have to recuse myself from this question. Because... Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, come on now. Oh. <laughs> uh. All of which brings us to the standings with Terry Saunders. In first place, bizarrely, it's half his energy, it's Lewis Hamilton. In second place, it's half a car, it's Max Verstappen. In, la- in third place, it's just a half, thanks, it's Lando Norris, he's driving. <laughs> half the man he used to be is in fourth place, it's Valtteri Bottas, and his pint is half empty, it's Sergio Perez in fifth. Shine on halfy moon is Carlos Sainz, I don't understand either. Uh, <laughs> half a lap he did is Charles Leclerc. Half a smile, but remember when I won a race, that's Pierre Gasly. Uh, whoa, you're halfway there. Whoa, living on a prayer. Teddy Ricardo. Half an Alonso, that's Espanocon in 10th. Uh, 50%, that's Fernando Alonso. Half a litre, it's Sebastian Vettel. Half a year of his career left, it's Yuki Sonoda. Half a million in his pocket, it's Lance Stroll. Fucking hell, I got some points. It's Nicholas Latifi. He doesn't care about the game of standings. He got some points. Good on him. I'm 41 and a half, you know, it's Kimi Raikkonen. And half a good idea was Antonio Giovinazzi with his tyre thing. And the constructors, because they're in Hungary and because the Hungarians hate the LGBT community, um, I thought I would do what would all the teams be if they were gay icons. So, (laughs) Mercedes would be RuPaul because they like to dress up. Uh, Red Bull would be Elton John because of the tantrums Uh, Ferrari would be Cher because they've been around forever McLaren would be Liberace because it's very orange Um, Alpine would be Celine Dion, a bit French Alfa Tauri, Freddie Mercury likes vests Uh, Aston Martin would be Princess Di because they're British and Americans love them Um, Old and English, it's Ian McKellen, that's Williams and uh, Alfa Romeo would be Judy Garland because they are tragic And now, for the man of the match of driving. Valtteri Fernando Bottas. Alonso. Oh, shit. Ooh. And now it's time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. Right, that's it. I'm calling time on this. I've had enough. Ocon winning is fun and all, but it's not in the spirit of F1. Surprise wins are amazing in F1, but only when they happen once in a blue moon. Vettel winning in Monza 2008, Parnis taking Monaco. These are tales of the ages. But surprise wins can only be surprise wins when they're rare. And last year, we've had Perez in the racing point and Gasly in an Alpha Tauri. And before Gasly got his win, the last person that wasn't in a Mercedes, Red Bull or Ferrari was Kimi Raikkonen in 2013. And Pastor Maldonado won a Williams in 2012. Two shock results in two years rightfully mandated the hybrid area to stop such nonsense. We need to wait before shock results or they're not shocking. It's not that the individual driver isn't a surprise, but that the surprise itself isn't a surprise. It's too many. It's like we're almost expecting it. And the unusual result has become somehow usual. But don't worry, I have a solution. Scrutineering. Like Vettel needing a pint of fuel and not at all because he wore a Pride t-shirt, at the end of the race, before the results are ratified, they need to go through the stewards to see how likely they are. Max Verstappen fans will love this because they always seem to forget that just because he's got the fastest car, it doesn't give him the divine right to the win. But under my system, it will. (laughs) After the race, iron out irregularities so we can have the proper order of fastest first and slowest last, the way God intended, if he existed, which he doesn't. Haven't you just described qualifying? Yes, I think we should probably not bother with Sundays, is what I'm saying. That is it from us. It is goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye. We haven't had time to talk about uh, Lewis Hamilton nearly fainting on the podium. What's that all about? Long COVID? He might have long Knackered. COVID. I don't know. Might have. Who knows? I hope he's all right. But, um, yeah, it was a bit weird. So it was like Senna it? trying to lift up the... What year was that when he tried to lift up the trophy when he was knackered? Oh, that was, was um, like that. 2006. That's right. Yeah. And to Terry Saunders. So I'm privileged enough to be in a position where the Berlin E-Prix is taking place 
not 10 minutes from my door in a, a week this weekend. I will be in London, unfortunately, so I'm going to miss it entirely. But uh, Jack Nichols has been in touch, and these are private messages, but I'm going to read them out. He has said to me, hang on, let me just get to it. So I'm flying back to Berlin on Sunday, because he's leaving on Monday, and I said, do you want to go for a drink? And he said, I'll let you know, Sunday night is the end of season awards, which I am taking to mean... I've just been invited to the end of season awards. I would say definitely. So I am yeah, going to fly back. Get a, new, get a new dress. I'm going to get. I'm going to get in because I didn't even know the season was ending. Don't give a shit. I didn't even know how many races there were. But I want to get there and just be like, "What are you doing on my turf? Who wants some?" So Jack, if you're listening, invite please to the end of season awards. I will come straight from the airport with my suitcase. If I get it, but I don't even know who's going to lead the championship. My best thing would be to just like give the guy who won the championship my bag and just be like, right, where's the drink? We'll be back in a month's time. In the meantime, check out our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake and follow us on Twitter at for F1's sake. And you can still buy merch, Terry. Can you? I mean, can you? <laughs> yes. Has actually tried the link for a while? I haven't. Mm. FF1S.com forward slash shop, shop, shop. Um, I think you don't even need HTTPS it's that old (laughs) thanks for listening thanks for listening see you in a month I've been Chica Rez goodbye love you all bye goodbye Sports Social Podcast Network